You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a wonderful start to your Wednesday. It's good to be back with you once again. Obviously, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the Road to Atlanta Podcast, all of which have new episodes ready to be listened to free on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe. You can find them at the Battery Power Power Podcast Network, also at BatteryPower.com and at BatteryPowerSBN across all forms of social media. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So obviously when it comes to the Braves, we are now less than 10 days away from the start of the 2022 regular season, and it certainly seems as if the excitement is starting to build. Um, you know, It feels like it having been now... Two weeks removed from, you know, obviously what was a, a monumental week, you know, in the, you know, present and future of the Braves when it came to, you know, trading and then extending Matt Olson and obviously the departure of Freddie Freeman. We're two weeks away from that. Three three and a half weeks away from the lockout ending. I'll be honest with you, at least for me personally, it feels normal again in a good way. It feels at least close enough to where it truly feels normal in terms of we're in the final stretch of the spring before the start of the regular season. But of course, with that being said... The Braves obviously looking to defend their 2021 World Series title. There's still a few questions that need to be answered for Atlanta. Now, one of the big questions that has really stood out, and I feel is certainly one of the bigger positive narratives of spring training itself so far, is the lack of negative energy news. That is certainly something that is good to see. There has not been any setbacks with Ronald Acuna Jr. There's not been any setbacks with Mike Soroka. Obviously, Charlie Morton this past weekend had an outstanding debut in, in spring training. It looks as if he is going to be able to start a normal routine once the regular season starts. He'll either be the opening day starter or start game two against the Reds to start the season when the season kicks off on April 7th. But the other thing is, is that there really has not been any type of significant injury to a notable Braves talent like we've seen across, you know, the rest of Major League Baseball, except for Luke Jackson. Of course, it was reported earlier this week, Luke Jackson, who has not pitched this spring, he's dealing with some forearm tightness. It looks as if he should be okay in time. It doesn't seem as if the Braves feel this is anything long-term, though it likely does mean that he could, you know, at worst, start the season on the injured list, you know, start the regular season on the injured list, which with the depth that the Braves bullpen has, it's fine. 
That's the point of having the depth that the Braves do when it comes to their bullpen. With so many of their relievers having a you know less than normal offseason, having worked more innings than they usually do in 2021, a luxury that the Braves have with the depth that they do in their bullpen, even to start the season, is that if any of their pitchers are less than 100%, they have the opportunity to get their pitchers right. And that may be the avenue that they take with Lou Jackson if they decide that he may need to start on the injured list to ensure his arm is 100%. But of course, the bullpen itself is not in the area of question marks with how talented the Braves already were and then considering the fact that they've added you know names such as Colin McHugh, Kenley Jansen, and later on in the season, they should be able to welcome Kirby Yates. The questions center on the starting rotation, and as I mentioned when it came to Charlie Morton, seeing him debut in the, as he did this past weekend was certainly a great sight to see. Max Freed also has pitched well this, this uh, spring training as well. So we know the top three. We know that Max Freed, Charlie Morton, and Ian Anderson are going to take those top three spots. And as I had mentioned a few times over at BatteryPower.com, I would be willing to say, I, I'll go out and say it right now, I feel that the, that trio is a top five trio in the National League at least. I feel Max Freed, Charlie Morton, and Ian Anderson are a top Top five trio in the National League when it comes to the first three starters in any National League rotation. Freed and Morton were one of the best duo of teammates as starters in the majors in the second half of last year. That's why a big reason, though we talk about the offensive surge being why the Braves were able to pull off the division title, the pitching of Freed, the pitching of Morton as a duo really helped out as well, and obviously that carried over to the postseason. But we know that those three, Freed, Morton, and Anderson, are going to take the first three spots in the rotation. Brian Snicker came out earlier this week and stated that he felt that right now, Kyle Wright and Waskar Yanoa are the leading candidates for the final two spots in the rotation. And that makes some sense. Kyle Wright among the Braves, you know, I'm not really sure if we want to call Kyle Wright a pitching prospect anymore, though I guess he still fits the bill. But Kyle Wright is obviously, he, he is the oldest, ha has the most innings, has the most experience, at, at least at the major league level, of any of the younger arms that aren't guaranteed right now to be in the rotation. Now, in terms of experience, I mean he has the most innings. I'm not necessarily meaning that he's looked the best of the Braves' young pitching options. And of course, Waskar Yanoa, you're hoping that you potentially get with Waskar Yanoa, the pitcher that you got in April of and May of last year before he broke his hand. You're hoping that you get that pitcher instead of the pitcher that struggled giving up the home run ball at the latter end of last year. But at the end of the day, Kyle Wright and Waskar Yanoa, two pitchers that have, at the very least over the past, you know, since 2020, they've had flashes at times of being good. Kyle Wright to end 2020, Waskar Yanoa to start 2021. At the very least, could you get a few months worth of productive starts from them as a duo? Or at the very least, in the fourth and fifth spots in the rotation, could you potentially at least see them work their way through lineups two times or so, get through five innings or so on a regular basis, and at least when they leave the game, have put the Braves in a place to win the game. That's the whole goal that you're getting from that fourth and fifth spot 
of the rotation. But of course, at the end of the day, the big thing is, is who is going to fill those roles for the time being until the Braves figure things out. Potentially another move, maybe Soroka coming back healthy, one of their younger arms really, really establishing a strong start to the season in AAA and then taking over a rotation spot. The fourth and the fifth spots are going to be a fluid situation, especially to start the year. And many, many names will get opportunities. But as of right now, it does seem like Kyle Wright and Waskar Yanoa are the two names to watch to fill the fourth and fifth spot in the Braves rotation. Of course, while we wait to see who actually does take the fourth and fifth spots of the rotation to start the season, and could the Braves potentially surprise and go with the six-man rotation, especially when you consider the fact that the Braves, uh, once they begin on April 7th, their season on April 7th, the Braves have 14 straight games out of the gate in which they will be playing. So they're certainly going to get right into the action starting April 7th. We could see the Braves go to a six-man rotation, but at the end of the day, it's going to be very interesting to see who fills out that rotation. But one encouraging thing to see so far this spring training is that the Braves actually are doing very well when it comes to their pitching overall. And I know you could only put so much emphasis, so much stock into spring training spring training stats. But let's be honest, the Braves starters especially have seen a lot of success when it comes to their performances. You know, in back-to-back -back days, we saw Charlie Morton look outstanding on Sunday, and then we saw Spencer Strider come right back out and look outstanding himself. You've got the Bra a 38-year-old veteran starter, a co-ace of the Braves looking outstanding, and arguably the Braves' top pitching prospect looking outstanding th the next day. So in all four the Braves pitchers are doing very well in spring training. Currently, they are second in spring training when it comes to ERA. Over 88 innings, they have 91 strikeouts to over 20 to only 24 walks. They have, they've given up 33 runs, five total home runs, and have allowed a, a batting average to their opponents of 219. So again, you can only put so much stock in spring training stats, but it's very good to see, especially out of the starting rotation options, the Braves are consistently seeing strong performances, and that's certainly at the very least gives a bit more of a positive surge going into the start of the season. Another bit of a fun news nugget that came out yesterday in terms of the opening game between the Reds and the Braves is that the start time has changed due to a very positive reason. It, it was originally set for the Braves to open their season at 7.20 Eastern, 6.20 Central against the Reds on April 7th, which in and of itself was a bit odd because typically with how with the uh, Reds being the oldest franchise in, in Major League Baseball, typically every Major League season, you see the first game of the season start early in the afternoon with the Reds at home, just as a matter of tradition. Well, this year... The Reds are going to be on the road, obviously, in Atlanta against the Braves. But instead of it being a normal setup where you would see it on Valley Sports with the Braves announcers, ESPN has actually picked up the opening game for the Braves versus the Reds as ESPN will air a special episode of Baseball Tonight 
with the Braves and Reds starting immediately after at 8 Eastern, 7 Central. And the reason why ESPN will be airing the raising of the 2021 World Series banner for the Atlanta Braves. So a bit of a change, but it's going to be a fun one as obviously it'll be a national broadcast for everyone to see. Obviously, and remember how special 2021 was for the Braves with the raising of the World Series banner. And of course, the other big news that we have heard this week is further comments from Freddie Freeman, obviously explaining his side of things. Obviously, you know, it was a bit of an opportunity for Freddie Freeman to take a step back from his initial reaction that he saw that we saw when he signed with the Dodgers, and to give a more insightful response to all that occurred over the past few weeks. And it certainly has been also a positive reflection on, on things. It certainly seems as if Freddie has talked with General Manager Alex Anthopoulos. It seems as if any issues, any aches that, that may have been between either party, it's water under the bridge now. Freddie Freeman has certainly sounded more like the Freddie Freeman we all love and know over the past few days than, the, than we saw in the opening press conference with the Dodgers or that we heard about during negotiations a few weeks ago. And it's great to see, in my opinion. And I know that there may be other reasons as to why Freddie Freeman needs to mend fences. Um, but at the end of the day, this sounds like Freddie Freeman. When you read the articles that have come out through Gabe Burns of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution or Mark Bowman of MLB.com, the comments that Freddie has made over the past few days, that sounds like the Freddie Freeman that was the big reason why we all enjoyed him in Atlanta and loved him in Atlanta. At the end of the day, as special as Freddie Freeman was on the field, it was even more special to have one of the at least in my opinion over the past decade, one of the more beloved figures in baseball. It was hard to see anyone ever say anything negative about Freddie Freeman. He truly seemed to be one of the best ambassadors in the game and one of the more well-liked players in the game from his peers. And it was good to see that Freddie Freeman really come out in these comments and really reflect positively on his time in Atlanta. Even though it didn't work out, and unfortunately it didn't, it did seem to, in terms of what the realistic options were, it did work out for Freddie in terms of getting his earnings and finding a place that he'll be happy in, and then the Braves making the moves that they needed to to get a worthy replacement for Freddie Freeman moving forward. It's not only good to see that both sides, both Freddie Freeman and the Braves, got eventually what they were looking for, but it also seems as if both sides are at peace and obviously are fine with each other now moving forward. That may not be that big of a deal, and it's not going to be once the season starts, but I feel it's a much better position to be in with there to be a positive and peaceful relationship moving forward between both parties than there being any type of, of issue consistently talking about. So it's certainly good to see that the comments of Freddie Freeman over the past few days certainly indicate that all is well and that both parties are going to be able to move forward and make the most of their new opportunities. But speaking of new opportunities, that's what we're here for. We're always here to provide new ways for you to enjoy all the great content from Battery Power. Dot com. And of course, you can do that by by checking out the Battery Power Podcast Network. Myself, Sean Coleman here on the Daily Hammer. Scott Coleman, Brad Rowland, and Eric Cole 
on the Battery Power podcast, as well as Eric Cole, Garrett Spain, and others on the Road to Atlanta podcast. You can find all those shows on the Battery Power Podcast Network free on all platforms. You also can subscribe and go to Battery Power TV on YouTube. Corey McCartney, Grant McCauley, Battery Power TV, a great addition over the past year to the Battery Power uh, channel of content allows for you to be able to get in-depth analysis from two of the best minds when it comes to praise baseball, Grant McCauley and Corey McCartney. And then, of course, all the written work and all the written content from the great minds over at BatteryPower.com. And, of course, you can find all the links, access, and just easy access to the content from BatteryPower.com at Battery Power SBN across all forms of social media. Until next time, my name's Sean Coleman. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer. <laughs>